0: Welcome to Following the Leftovers, the officially unofficial podcast for The Leftovers on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Uh, I, I should have actually said I'm Guest. That would have been way better. <laughs> I'm Guest, God too. damn it. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about episode 106, season one, episode six, titled Guest, this is also known as the one where Nora gets a magic fucking hug. What do you think of this episode, Aaron?
1: Yes, I have a question for Jim Jones. Uh, sir, pod- I am not
0: jim jones
1: <laughs> the feedback section has this not started
0: this podcast is a fucking fraud <laughs>
1: <laughs> truer words have never been spoken uh what did you ask me what you thought of the episode i thought this episode was fucking awesome fucking I, awesome hmm. um in a and a a more hopeful more funny less bleak mirror to her brother matt's episode mm. i See, thought i liked matt's episode a little better um, yeah, oh, I'm, was not, good, no I'm not doubt. saying that it's better than that. I'm just saying that. It's, oh, it's less bleak. It's, yeah, it was a <laughs> different vibe. But, yeah, yeah. um, I, you know, and I'm, I'm all in on this episode. I'm all in in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they really fucking let me down, like in the finale. Uh-huh. Okay. So just go knowing that, because I know there's a lot of people that are just falling off and they say they can't keep up with it. They can't do it. It's depressing. <laughs> it's stupid. It's pointless. I'm not going to argue with you. If you're I got a lot of these really like apologetic Facebooks and emails like, you know, we love all your guy's stuff, but I just can't stand stop watching. Yeah. I'm not going to think less of you if you stop watching the show. Like I sure. don't have this you have to be super smart or perceptive or blah, blah, blah. No, I mean some stuff just isn't your taste. Watch
0: what you like, for sure.
1: Yeah. So I I totally understand that reaction, and I'm not going to judge anybody for bailing out or tapping out or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But I do. I don't know why. Uh, Again, I'm an experienced junkie. I like experiencing new things and feeling different things. And this show has got me definitely doing that a lot on Sunday nights. Sometimes I don't even want to get off my couch (laughs) after it's over. I mean, you're depressed. Yeah, there's been two devastated. Two episodes: the Matt episode mm. and the, the Gladys episode. I think where I just yeah. was like I, I just I just need to sit here a minute, you know. <laughs> but that's why I, I do like it, and I thought this was a, another spectacular episode. And just the uh, woman who plays Nora uh, Durst, which her last name is Coon, I can't remember her first name, is phenomenal. I think she yeah. like channels Jodie Foster. <laughs> in a warmer more approachable way okay contact two
0: starring somebody (laughs) coon uh yeah i'm with you i really like this episode it's probably the second best i really like the character studies that they do uh this is kind of a lost formula you know they'll take a couple of episodes to move the plot forward to yeah to get the bigger picture uh reveal some some key information about the mysteries going on
1: in the background Uh, And then they'll also do these kind of spotlights on individual characters, which I love. Yeah, I mean, some people said that there's nothing really happened these last few episodes, but I don't... Sure. I I, I understand where they're coming from. I agree, but I think these shows, kind of like Mad Men, you can't judge what's going on purely based on the plot mechanics. I mean, Nora Durst changed as a character. Mm Mm-hmm experience real character change and growth in a single episode. Yeah. That's not nothing. And it will play into the plot later
0: on, I'm sure. Sure. The
1: fact that she looks like she's getting romantically involved with Kevin is uh-huh. going to be a big deal. Um, So, no, I liked it. What did you think? You said I, it was your second – you already said it was your second favorite. Yeah, second favorite. Second favorite. Sure. Um, this was directed by Carl Franklin, who has got an extremely long career, not just as a writer and producer, but also – as an actor, he's been in so much shit, you should hmm. look at his IMDB thing. But he's gotten into uh directing lately. He did uh, the BJ and the AC. Okay. Uh he's did a lot of House of Cards, Homeland in the Newsroom, Falling Skies there, Jim. Go oh boy. Uh just just tons <laughs> of stuff. Um and it was written, co written by uh Kath Lingenfelter okay. and Damon Lindelof. Uh, Kath has a ton of experience as well as a writer on television. Uh, She's got – she wrote Penguin Penguin 1, Us, Zero. She wrote the next episode, I believe, that's coming up next week. Okay. Um, House MDB, uh, Battlestar Galactica and Caprica, Sleeper Cell, which interestingly enough, I believe that's the the, uh, – Sleeper Cell was a Showtime series that also featured a stoning
0: Oh. Okay. Like a very
1: brutal. And it's like I, I want to mention that last week that like this isn't especially brutal. I've only seen it like to this graphic degree one other time in Sleeper Cell and now huh. oh, worlds collide. Little background information, only one point four seven one point four seven million people watched it, which is Is that down from last week? It's yeah, it's about another tenth of a million down. Oof. So uh I don't again I don't think HBO cares as much about this as it does like emmy nominations and critical buzz and things like that but well i was actually i i I don't know how much of hbo
0: go they count yeah because i actually didn't catch it sunday night i watched it last night uh and then again this morning so if they don't count me i'm one of those people who sure no that's just the
1: first showing but you know it's like you know app you got to do apples to apples uh one interesting thing that I just noticed watching with you this morning is the HBO Go version doesn't they had a opening commercial like almost Saturday Night Life light uh Saturday lifestyle uh mm. advertising the Loved Ones the, the 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 dolls? Yeah, I believe so. I oh. actually it's weird. I can't remember what the commercial was about. I just remember it was a really <laughs> jarring way to start the show that is not on the HBO Go version. No. I've not and seen that. Yeah, there is the the initial first 5 or 10 minutes of this episode, I'm like, "Gee, we're in for it again. We're going to be in for another bummer."
0: Okay, yeah.
1: But I felt like that it quickly turned into, I don't know, I did am I am I crazy in thinking this is like the funniest most positive episode we've ever had of the leftovers with six uh, in their offing. It's such
0: it's such a weird thing because like the whole point of this episode is that Nora loses her hope by the end of it, that her family will come back, which you you often see hope as a very positive thing for humans to have, right? Mm-hmm. Without hope, you have basically nothing. But in this episode, it's framed as a very good thing. That was the thing holding her back from recovering, uh, from getting on with her life, from doing what's next, is the hope that she had. Hmm. See, I think that she didn't have hope. Oh, you're totally. They, they say as much at the end of this. I think you've got the
1: exact opposite. I think you do. <laughs> I'm. I. Uh, he was saying that uh, all people that are alive should have hope, and that you deserve hope. a hope for something better and not to be stuck in the past. That's how I interpreted his his actions. You're saying she. That... Well, if you look at the beginning of the episode where
0: she's got. The, the paper towel holder from the sure. last day, and she's still buying cereal and milk
1: for her kids i don't think she's hoping, hoping that, that they'll come, come back. back I don't think so oh, I think so. I t- totally disagree <laughs> I think she's stuck in that loss, and she she is afraid to stop feeling sad because that would somehow dishonor her memories that she doesn't want to forget this and that was her big hold yeah, up. I agree with that. The last thing that was the hold up for the Holy wayne is that I don't want to forget these people, hmm. But no, I think We have a
0: fundamental uh, disagreement on the crux of this episode. Yes. So uh, that'll be interesting to hear from our listeners, see what they think. Well, you know,
1: one of us is right, one of us is (laughs) wrong. Absolutely. (laughs) Necessarily. Um, What did you think about the. I thought it was very. I don't know. I thought it was super moving the whole grocery routine, the fact that she has continued to buy food extremely wastefully, like the entire I just thought, like, the God lady,
0: there are kids in Africa who are starving right now, and you're throwing out boxes of Lucky Charms like it's nothing. Oh, fuck it. Walmart <laughs> chucks out 500 gallons of milk
1: a day. Well... God knows how much produce. Walmart should
0: be sending it overseas, then. How about that? Or sending it even in our own country. How about that?
1: You know, if she was a healthy person doing this uh, just for the shit of it, uh, I, would, I, I would have a problem. But I don't know... And that's one of the interesting things about this this show. I don't know how you should react to your husband and two children just disappearing. Sure, it's a it's at the core of the series is and, that question. And again, these are these routines that I felt like Holy Wayne did a very good job breaking down. These are routines she's established in her life. Mm-hmm. to make sure she doesn't forget like she doesn't enjoy this ritual like yeah. every single time she buys it and then throws it away it's a reminder of the family that she doesn't have anymore but at the same time she's got this really f- guilt at letting it go because that's letting a piece of them go or it feels i don't know i mean uh yeah. i haven't felt i haven't lost anyone really important in my adult life like sure no i that's uh, like I said. That's the crux of
0: this series: is how everybody deals with losing so many people. Right. Uh, and
1: I don't. I don't think there is one reaction to it. I think everybody reacts differently. Right. That's not the truth. I said I. Sh- I haven't lost anyone important uh, since I've left the cult that I was in because that kind of weirdly short circuits a grief you have if you believe that there, <laughs> this is all some sure. temporary thing and it's all going to go away. Um, I don't know what Nora's faith is. Or that she even has any. I, I don't know. I feel like that she's kind of – she loves her brother, but she doesn't understand it. She, like, got over – she took the other Job option a long time ago. For sure. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Um, what did you think about her pursuing a divorce? Uh, it's three years after the event,
0: uh-huh. after the departure. I'm I'm not sure what that says about her mental state at this point because she seems to be you know hoarding cereal and milk for her kids yet at the same time she's she's getting a divorce i guess what that says is she's just really pissed about the cheating she yeah. just found out about that she's so she's going to take action to fix that
1: But I feel like that this is where this routine started to break down because she's uh, she's doing this and she's she's watching this uh, used up paper towel holder Mm -hmm. and she's having flashbacks of her kids and then of her husband. Like this, Matt's thing is kind of dropping the bomb that her husband was cheating on her with her element no her preschool teacher uh, who she started stalking after she finds this information is super creepy. Yeah, Uh, that fucked up her whole routine because now she's got a little bit of, you know, I guess the selfish Nora or the Nora who has an identity apart from her family awoken. Hmm. That, okay. that, that, like, you know, her being angry at her husband is probably the first non-sad, non-despairing emotion she felt. And getting divorced, but trying to she's, she's trying to thread the balance between, all right, I am, you know, cutting off a part of my old life, but I still want to keep... Yeah, I felt like the name thing was almost for her kids. No, I mean that's I I know yeah. a lot of women do keep their married names, especially if it matches their kids, because you yeah. know there is there is definitely an attachment there, and names have have power and meaning. So. Sure,
0: and despite you know her feelings
1: against her husband at this point, she right. wants to keep that for her kids. It seems like is there a significance in the fact that. Uh, <laughs> She asked to be shot right mm-hmm. before she does this divorce thing. Does yeah. this... Why does she... What What's going on, in your opinion, with this being shot? Is this a maintenance thing she does? Is this something she does before she makes serious decisions? I felt like it was an extension of the cereal and the milk, the, the shopping for her kids. It was a reminder. Of what? What does getting shot do for her? It hurts. If you don't know, getting shot... Squaring the chest with a with a bulletproof vest was so, really, yeah. really smart. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Possibly break ribs, possibly yeah. puncture lungs,
0: like all that shit. Uh so the the one, I guess, theory that I have on this is that if we look at what happened, the the departure, her family wasn't killed. Her family isn't around anymore. They're in some state of limbo as far as she knows. They're they're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, between life and death, or they're just gone or whatever. Sure. So, in my opinion, she's doing this to try to find or be closer to her family. Mm. Like she's putting herself in this between life and death state by getting shot in the chest here. Mm. Uh, that that is maybe looking for them, trying to reconnect with them somehow, or or just, I mean, literally feeling the pain of the loss. Because she's not, because she's stopped feeling it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the surface, uh, you know, catharsis through pain. Yeah, yeah. But I was wondering if there was any kind of hidden. I didn't cons- consider that she's trying to put herself into a half alive, half dead, and maybe there's a small chance she could die, and she's sure. fine with that, but she's not <laughs> looking for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a little hint of that spice in that, but um, it's a crazy scene, especially since with this show you just never know I mean I was like wow do you really want to wear a black t-shirt underneath your black <laughs> so just get a dimly lit room obscure the the where the, the the vest is actually going to strike you uh-huh. uh, maybe you should give the person instruction of basic firearms like do they know how to line up
0: a uh-huh. gun?
1: Like mm-hmm. you just you just maybe not freak them out right before they're about to shoot you. It's kind of a miracle that she didn't that number one she got shot in the ch- vest and not uh, anywhere else or the bullet even hit her. I mean it it's it's I don't know, crazy.
0: Sure. Uh during that scene there's a Slayer song playing called Angel of Death and the hooker's name is Angel. Any significance there?
1: Hmm. unless she just I Boy, well, I mean, so uh, real significance or Damon Lindelof significance? Mm, Lindelof like just, significance. Just a little spice that he sprinkled in there? Sure, does yeah. it? But I mean, some... I, I can't imagine there's that many hookers that have no rules and no limitations that have the name of Angel in upstate New York. But yeah, yeah, probably not. At some point, you have to resort to the Crystals, mm-hmm. the and Tiffany's, the, and the Mistress Midnight, and <laughs> the, yeah. It's... I saw all
0: those names on the back of that paper.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, what about the scene where she runs into Kevin and they've kind of had this little dancing Oh, deal. God, the fuck your daughter scene? Yeah, and when she says, <laughs> go to Miami. Oh, fuck your daughter. I laughed out loud when I she did said too. that. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. But she got instantly embarrassed and ran away. Do you think that was – what is that? Is that off-putting? Like, well, how did, did Kevin take it? It's got to be off-putting. I mean...
0: <laughs> just fuck your kids. Fuck your daughter. Uh, that's just a totally inappropriate thing to say at the moment. And I, and she realizes it after the fact, but I'm wondering why she said it in the first place. Well, f- okay. Her, her, what What is her mental state? She's just come out of the room from getting, getting a, divorce. a divorce. She sees a guy who she's kind of flirted with before. She doesn't want to go to this conference. Does
1: she know that his daughter is almost 18 or maybe 18 or a senior in high school or, you know, that this she's seen her. I assume she knows roughly
0: what age she is.
1: So to me, that changes the whole tenor. Like, although she doesn't know
0: that Jill outside her house was his daughter, Right.
1: Well, no, God, no, I wouldn't think so. So maybe she doesn't know. So she doesn't know his daughter. If she knew that he had a teenage daughter, an an older teenage daughter, I don't know that this is offensive because I could see Mm -hmm. someone like, oh, fuck your daughter. Not like literally who cares about her, but like, come on, really? This is a bullshit excuse. Your daughter's 18 years old. Does she, you know? Uh But yeah, not knowing that, I think it's just more like she gets, I don't know. She just really wanted to get away. She didn't want to go to this conference. Yeah. Again, it felt like that, that. Whether it came at the hands of Holy Wayne or six months of therapy or just her deciding to hit rock bottom, get up. This felt like it was a catalyst episode for her. that She was ready Definitely. to get out of her routine.
0: And the great part about it is it didn't feel contrived, didn't feel like the Matt episode where there was some kind of supernatural force at play here. It was all things happening in her life that kind of came to a head but could easily happen. You've got protests. You've got people pretending to be her to get on stage to get their message heard. It's like all these things can really happen and do sure. happen. And it wasn't like lights are changing color randomly and there are birds on the table, which right. I liked in the context of Matt's episode. It made a lot of sense for his character. But here it's kind of the opposite. And she's kind of the opposite in her mindset, too. Did
1: you know that – so someone emailed me and I've, I've lost it in compiled the Notes and I wasn't even going to think about talking about it so you just mentioned a changing lights. did you know the last episode when oh, yeah, yeah. Matt was in the car with him and they're on the way to see Gladys's body and he's like oh fuck and he slammed on the brakes Kevin, that the yeah. light went yeah Kevin the light went right from green to red with no yellow yep I meant to talk about that and I totally spaced it
0: <laughs> which to me says light is broken not signed from God
1: <laughs> was it the same light I think so oh yeah. okay it was
0: the same light
1: alright cause the other thing if it wasn't the same light Ah, okay. Matt kind of had this wry smile, and then he said something that could arguably be incredibly revealing to the case.
0: Hmm.
1: I, if Matt took that as a sign from God, I wonder if that makes it a little bit more sinister about his involvement with Gladys's death or lack thereof.
0: Hmm.
1: That, that's like yeah, God I... saying that it's, it's okay. You can be a little. You can let your guard down around this guy, or maybe he's going to try to recruit him, or
0: yeah. I, I don't know. that That's an interesting question that I hadn't thought about because I just assumed same light.
1: Okay. Broken light. That's a good th- – that's also a good theory. I did not consider nah, that. I like so. both of those. There's a reason you got two-man podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if we need like a 50-man podcast, we'd get every perspective. Well, that's where the listeners come in. Okay, perfect. So uh, what were we talking about before we got this? Oh, um, question 121. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was prepared to have to wait a lot longer than a single episode to have this mystery cleared up. I'm like, oh, sure. God, is this something I'm going to have to wait four or five episodes? Mm-hmm. But ask and answer, same, same uh, episode. What do you make of the fact that she had 100% ratio and then did not? I thought it was pretty obvious, but there's a lot of confusion on Facebook and in email and forums.
0: Sure. So I think there are two possibilities here. Uh, the first one is that she is emoting somehow to these people and doesn't realize it yeah and that they don't feel comfortable answering no when she's giving off such clear signals that she believes they are in a better place right um so everyone answers yes the second possibility i think they have just started videotaping these things um how do you why do you say that i because the guy says something her her boss says something about we have to videotape now like after he tells her about her hundred percent yes rate, uh, I I can't remember exactly what he says, but it made me think that they may have may have just started videotaping. Plus, I've never seen the recorder before.
1: No, that was definitely set up in the ep- episode where um, Jill it was fucking with her.
0: Okay, well, never mind. I I don't think that's a possibility. I was gonna say that she could have just been marking them. Oh, okay. She, she could have just marked it zero, but uh, not possible if they're taping it.
1: Well. I- I, they could have just started that, but it's been at least three months that they've been doing it, so you'd think they sure. would have a – I think he was more like warning her, like, don't make me go to the tape if you've been fucking with the answers.
0: Okay. Yeah, but so
1: she was probably just emoting. I think that's the clear implication, and the fact that she's let go of that sadness allows people to now say – Yeah. You know, and it's something on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. Um, I really – you talk about the realism of these conferences, and (laughs) I've never been to conferences that's been uh, picketed. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not true because I've been been to a few Jehovah's Witnesses uh, conferences Uh, that was picketed by anti-Jehovah's Witnesses. Sure. Which is always an interesting – by the way, that so does not work. You are if you if you consider encounter protesting a religious group, it just gives them a giant god boner.
0: Yeah, no, that's true.
1: Like I I feel like other than cracking skulls and ignoring them, there's nothing you can do to these Fred Phelps people for the same reason because the more people to show up and counter protest, the bigger their god boner gets. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, I have been to a lot of work conferences and the way the vet vibe they gave and the. The, you know, the way the hotels are set up and the registration and the whole process was just so eerily accurate. <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny in a satire way. Uh-huh. But I loved all of the kooks out front. Yeah, yeah. You had kind Hope of like guy. your nine eleven or, or what would you call it? The 10-4 or 10-12? No, oh, uh,
0: 10, 14. 10-14 uh, yeah, Truthers.
1: 10 14. Uh, you got the Guilty Remnant hanging out fake hand grenades <laughs> that is unsettling man a guy
0: rolls up stuff something into your hand and pulls a pin and you look down and you're holding a what you
1: could potentially be a live grenade that's the thing i again do you let go of it with this show being what it is uh-huh her dropping that on the sidewalk i was 50 50 about <laughs> okay i could see an explosion here or they could just cut scenes so the
0: there's a guy, before she drops hers, there's another guy who says, like, fuck you guys or something, and then throws his to the ground. So she knows it's not going to blow up. Oh. But we didn't know that until we saw that guy. Right, yeah. No. Neither did she. So that's fucking frightening. Yeah. And it's kind of... <laughs> and what do you do? Just hold the thing until, like, you get to a cop and say, I here, like you just... have
1: to. Yeah. But, but then
0: you, you roll up to the police with a live grenade in your hand, and they're like...
1: Well, I mean, Uh, I don't think – I think throwing a potentially live grenade onto a a, a busy sidewalk is a profound act of nihilism – yeah although uh, i don't know a lot of those people
0: probably deserve it they're the ones handing out the grenades right yeah i don't know certainly
1: that guy who did it maybe he was a uh, uh a veteran of some war and he knows what a live grenade feels like i imagine mm, a live versus dummy gr- uh, grenade would feel differently maybe that way differently kind of like blank ammunition does not weigh the probably. same as real ammunition
0: what was that the guilty remnant handing out those
1: I, he's all in white because he's and, and he didn't the two people that the guy who
0: throws it to the ground is standing next to are mm-hmm. guilty remnant. They're smoking. They're in white. Uh, I, I thought that they,
1: they. There's interesting guys. There's guys wearing like denim mumus. Did you see them? No. <laughs> yeah, man. There's these guys wearing. <laughs> wait, uh, wait. What's wrong with a denim moo? I've been dressing wrong <laughs> all these years. I would think it would be sweaty. Probably That's the only thing yeah. I'm thinking and heavy.
0: So that, there's an interesting implication there, right? The grenade says anytime now. Uh it's being handed out by the GR. What is their plan?
1: What they've got something bigger in the works, obviously. I don't know, but where's the uh where's the the pilot from airplane when you need it? Right. You know, the guy to run the cult gauntlet and he's just left right throwing <laughs> elbows. Uh what's that guy's name? Greg Grunberg, is that who you're talking no, about? No, it was like Robert Stackhouse, or he he was uh, did all the unsolved mysteries. And he oh. did uh,
0: uh, he also I don't know his he name. also
1: played the Kevin Costner role from from uh, the Untouchables.
0: Oh my god! Can't I can't fucking
1: remember anything. I don't remember that. My now. my head has been turned to mush. I've got no references. We should. Uh, just,
0: that's what the show will do to you, man. We
1: should just move on. Uh, Snor picks up her badge and someone's lays the groundwork for her to be impostered. Mm. Again, with this show, you never, when you're watching it, you never can tell whether she's just overreacting and losing her mind, or yeah. whether, you know, did she really uh, when hotel security got her, one of the big questions I had is, did she lose her mind and fuck up the bar and not even remember it? Sure, when well, she was drinking, she was on drugs,
0: she could have definitely done that. I was questioning it too. Uh, what did you think about Mustache of man, by the way. Serious mustache on that
1: guy. <laughs> He looked a lot like uh, Ben Siller's character from yeah yeah, for Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Now you will leave the hotel. <laughs> I don't remember him that. Um, anyway, what do you think of the uh, the altercation she had with the quote- unquote "heartless bitch?
0: Oh, oh, in the bathroom. Uh, I mean it was just it seemed to me like it was to show that she hasn't changed at all.
1: Right. I, yeah, but I also got to, like, isn't it an incredibly bad idea to have these legacy folks at a convention that is around, like, isn't it an incredibly idea, bad idea to have Nora working for the Department of Sudden Departures, the DSD? Mm, yeah. Because she's got emotion, For we know for a fact that it's compromising her work because at least one question was 100% positive until she got wholly hugged. Yeah. Uh, so it's compromising her work. She's getting in altercations with people that are there at the conference trying to do exactly what they're supposed to be doing, which is finding – I don't know. I mean it seems like that they're – a large part of this industry is kind of vampiric or vulture-like. Some of it, yeah. And I, But there again, the guy's pitch about the loved ones is very self-satisf – you know,
0: self – It makes a lot of sense. I mean like she says, it's a very good pitch. I, yeah. I, I think – there's a valid point to providing closure for people. Something that they can
1: bury that resembles their loved ones. It's a fine line between selling some bullshit homeopathic remedy mm-hmm. that you someone at your company knows cannot possibly work. And sure. you know, and, and and getting rich that way versus selling an experience. Sure, that's, that's what still, they're selling. It's still a placebo but when you're talking about people's emotions, like But is it? I mean it might work for some people. That's right? what I'm saying. But yeah. it's still it's still not a drug that has scientific efficacy. It's it's a Certainly. placebo. It's an emotional placebo. Yeah. It's something you're going along with and that give if that gives you closure, great. But I bet there's a lot of people that shot forty thousand dollars and still are super sad. So Sure. I agree with that. But it's hard to see through It's hard to see through this guy who's just excited about cashing forty thousand dollar checks, and then when he has a moment of clarity, where he's like, "No, no, I want to give these people something." Like, is that what you tell yourself to cash the checks, Mm -hmm. or is that why you're in this business,
0: or is that what you're doing to get into Nora's pants? Like, there, there's all those questions are up in the air, uh, given the nature of that scene. And
1: I, I think the other thing, there is a demand, though, right? Also, he's right about that. I don't know that $40,000 is unreasonable to make something like that. Uh, Yeah, probably not. I mean, you can get a real doll you can fuck for like six dollars or $7,000, but they just make those off the assembly line. Yeah, they're, they're not customized. They throw a wig on them and dress them up however you want, and then boom, it's at your door <laughs> uh, in a discreet hooker-shaped cardboard box. Will, will it shoot me, though? No, it, it, will it will not. It will God not. You probably it. can't even properly grip the gun. You probably, probably shoot not. yourself trying to get her to hold it. So, <laughs> but but this like this like you break the mold every single time you fucking make one of these guys. Yeah, yeah. lots of craftsmanship goes in to the Takes like a month. To yeah, because you, you got to get the scars, you got to get the moles and all that stuff right. I'm it. It seems like that people were they're expecting us to think that that's a rip off, but forty thousand dollars for a single use, yeah, life-like latex doll. I don't know what the we need to get time and materials on that would be we need to get greg nicotero
0: on the podcast to tell us what it would cost right to make a dummy of someone
1: to burn i mean with these 3d printers are it'd probably be a lot easier oh yeah yeah
0: maybe they because could do you that. just print
1: out the mold and vacuum and blah you know latex and stuff but sure. i don't know I, I i just thought that that's is one of the idle thoughts I had is forty thousand dollars really too much to pay for one of those?
0: Well, they have the low budget option where they just kind of cut it out of a piece of paper and draw <laughs> your loved one on it. It's an inflatable sex doll, it, it, pretty much. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> run of the mill, and they slap a wig that kind of resembles your loved one's wig,
1: right? her loved one's hair on as it as much as a blonde slash brown slash red <laughs> yeah. wig can. They don't even have a gray option. They have no. They have gray. Those are the options: blonde, red, brown, and there's gray. curly, curly short. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh shit, what are we talking about? But that's uh, only 80 bucks, so. That's but much. I was just thinking, like, is it a good idea mm-hmm. to bring us back to what I started? Is it a good idea to have the three-time oranges, like Nora, Nora yeah, circulating yeah. with these guys? Because this seems like, if she went off because she thought this girl was accusing her of departing her children because she's giving them Frosted Flakes. yeah. Without that special happy pill, she might have killed this dude. Threw him out the window. <laughs> I mean, she's that. This seems like an incredibly unwise idea to get all these people together.
0: I think it is. I, I think probably the DSD should not be hiring people who have lost people, especially close to them, and especially three people close to them. Yeah, I think that's a recipe for failure.
1: Yeah, at the least. But I mean, this is like throwing a conference where you get. Uh, like you, you, you advertise it as a skeptics and nine eleven truthers convention. Uh huh. Just bring your brass <laughs> knuckles, bring your aluminum bats, and and we'll let will just let brute force and Darwin <laughs> decide who's right. I sure. don't, I, I don't know, man. I think maybe this this conference needs is a little bit more narrow of a focus. Yeah. So there's there are a couple more interesting things to talk about with the DSD. First of
0: all, that the DSD exist in the first place the u.s department of sudden departures has been set up a whole department of uh the government
1: oh i absolutely believe that would happen
0: i do too i do too but it shows you like kind of how seriously they're taking this whole thing sure um they they send people out to do these questionnaires nora mentions like her boss says what did you answer on 121 when you answered it and she says i answered yes three times Uh uh-huh um that to me implies that this is a sur- this is a questionnaire you only fill out one time because she's done it three times for her three family members uh so all of the people that she's giving this questionnaire to are hearing it for the first time 3 years after the event they still haven't gotten to everyone sure not everyone has received their benefits yeah and probably from the looks of it it doesn't seem like they're spinning this thing down no if anything they're ramping it up so right. a lot more people to go it just takes a long time, I guess.
1: I bet. To get the to someone out there to and, get to and collect them. Plus... Six million people in the U.S. Plus, you, you got to think, I bet they're still paying out benefits for Katrina. Probably. Because yeah. people maybe not don't have all their shit together. They're tr- they're moving around. There's... A lot of paperwork to do. A lot of paperwork you got to... I mean, this is so... And I thought that was kind of interesting how they dropped some background about why the DSD was in existence. Because the insurance people didn't want to pay claims. Yeah. Like these, you know, it's like, what do you do when you got a death benefit and you got people relying on this income? But the insurance, like, well, these people aren't dead. We don't have a body. Don't have a death certificate. We don't have any of this. I'm thinking that the government would have to step in line with legislation or whatever. Yeah. And you know, now you got the DSD and they're they're going around doing this thing. But I, you know, if we think that, you know, somewhere between one and three million people are affected by this, that's a lot of people to get through with this incredibly invasive interview.
0: And I bet a lot of people sure. are put off
1: because I'm sure yeah, yeah. Ward got out that this is an incredibly invasive interview. It's debated on Hardball and Real Time, yeah, and, and we've seen it over and over. Like, is was Sean your Hannity autistic show. son sure. having
0: sex more than twice a week sure. or whatever? Right? Uh, asking the gay guy if his husband ever had suicidal thoughts. They
1: do not ask about anal sex, though. <laughs> they do not ask that. No, <laughs> there's no even <laughs> suspected correlation. Between getting that's your shit thing. pushed in and your fudge packed and departing.
0: How, how can you possibly ask all the questions necessary? And how do you determine which questions to ask? Man. Cornflakes? They're asking about fucking cornflakes.
1: I call bullshit because, you know, the, uh, the data security standard, which is a civilian thing that the credit card companies ask merchants to go through, mm. has like 375 questions Whoa. Just talking about your physical security and your encryption and all that bullshit. You're telling me that the government, mm-hmm. when they finally came around to getting something done, they came up with a concise list of 150 questions? Mm-hmm. That's Yeah. Especially when some of the questions seem very squishy. Like, do you believe yeah. the people in a, a better place why is that important? To... I, I feel like that this was some committee by religious people and scientists and politicians, but 150 questions seems low for a list that's assembled like that. Sure. But, you know. Yeah, especially ones with such TV specific
0: questions.
1: Right. The the questions we've known asked, it's like, my God, what must the other 130 questions we don't know be? Because these yeah. things are so either very vague and specific or laser-like focused. Like, what's what's yeah. in between? I don't know. Um, we already talked about so much of this stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. the hotel. Okay. So a lot of people in email and on Facebook called bullshit about the hotel security Gestapo routine. They're like, oh, this hotel would have had, uh, would have had camera footage and would have had this or that and the other, and this, no way they would have kicked the person out with any kind of verification, I might be inclined to believe, except for I have a very close personal friend who this almost exact thing happened to, and it went down exactly <laughs> the way it's shown in this episode. Hmm. Beating on your door at four in the morning, you wake up like you're, and you're in your underwear, and they're like, uh, one of them says, "Wait here." Another guy bush- brushes past. You start throwing all your shit in the bag, and they're carting you out the door without any kind of explanation other than. <laughs> You know, you were you were you were cited as someone causing a disturbance. Blah blah blah. In my buddy's case, they fucked up the floor number. Oh, they were there to get like seven eleven, and they got eight <laughs> eleven, and they profusely Shit. the next because he called and free like, drinks. No, well, that's the thing is like these fucking security dudes. There was no like seeing the hotel manager. There was it was just like we're yeah. not listening to a fucking thing you say. And if you don't, if you if you resist in any way, we're gonna have cops here in thirty seconds, and you can go to the you can go to the clink instead of another hotel. Uh huh. And it was a big fucking mess for him to straighten out. And the I the, bet. the hotel eventually. Uh, got word because I think that there was further complaints about the activities going on Uh, in the room, and they are like, oh, wait, kicked out Uh, the wrong guy. we fucked up. But no, I totally believe that Mm -hmm. that could go down judge jury execution style. Sounds like it, yeah. So So I'll I'll buy into that. I think that's true. They probably do have security camera. I think people vastly underestimate how good people's security cameras are.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, it might still be a valid point that... uh, I I don't know. She's got roughly the same color hair right. as Nora.
1: When we finally saw her, yeah. Like yeah. if you think about a security camera and footage mm-hmm. and a woman. It would and have a to be the right bar. angle. Yeah. And if it's if it's like the IR security, everything looks like negative image and weird and she just throwing a bottle. I mean, Nora looks enough like that woman that I don't think
0: they yeah. would
1: give a shit. Especially since they had her name. Sure. Apparently the other thing I think feeding into this is they imply that there's been incidents like this. In the conference before, because this is a fucking uh, inexplicably volatile mix of people to get together. Uh So it's like they put everybody on notice. So this is like a zero tolerance for bullshit kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we talked about that and the fact that another genius thing about this episode is you really do believe at any time anything can happen. Mm -hmm. So I was totally prepared for them to show up and her seat to be empty and what yeah. would that mean or the fact that the, the she she showed up and there was an imposter there I thought that was super interesting sure and i was wondering at that point what's she going to say why is she
0: taking her name what's going on here makes perfect sense though in yeah. retrospect that she's a protester
1: right and she's probably going to try to do a more subtle job of throwing shade yeah, at yeah. the thing but then you know she had to get all of her stuff out in one big go some of the things she talked about was the uh things the questionnaires being incinerated at the government facility that's clearly bullshit. Well, okay, so there are two options here. Yes.
0: <laughs> One is that the they, they're not being incinerated, and they're in fact being cataloged and analyzed. Right. Uh, because we know they are. Yeah. We know for a fact they are, because they analyze Nora's responses. They're looking at these things, certainly. Right. Um, the other option is that they are actually being burnt after being... Database
1: or someone I saw someone on Reddit I think had the theory that this is like your typical conspiracy theory deal where they're taking a bunch of real evidence but they're th- yeah. drawing the wrong Faulty conclusions. conclusions. Sure. For example, they could be seeing the incinerators of the bodies going. Yes, and this thing goes to all this the facilities and they don't think you know they're not thinking they're just burning the bodies left and right. Yeah, they're actually cataloging the questions but they're burning the bodies. Mm-hmm. Prop, you know, so. And what's interesting about this particular conspiracy wonder. theory is there is an actual conspiracy, apparently, unless Kevin is not a reliable narrator, that governments, the government's willing to just go in and snatch people up and make yeah. them disappear. So, th- of course, that conversation on the phone is still in question.
0: Sure. We don't really know if it happened. Uh, th- what about the possibility that they're cremating these body doubles and that Gladys uh, was
1: slipped in there? To what end? I don't know. Plus, she was fucked up and butt-bloodied and all that. It wasn't like a real doll. Bur- bur- oh, girl. that's right. She was. Yeah, yeah. The other thing about it really is disgusting. that it could be, Because it looked like that there were investigators taking pictures and doing all this cataloging in the background, and maybe they're just yeah. burning the cult victims because... That's a standard victims. operation. They're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the government doesn't give a shit about the cult. In fact, they're part. They're actually victimizing cults themselves. So they're just, you know, sure. like you go in. Or were you a victim of a cult crime? Oh, we're going to catalog you and make sure we have all these bloody shirts to wave. Oh, you're a cult. Vi- you're a cult member who was a victim. Shove them in the furnace. Shove them in the <laughs> furnace, boys. <laughs> yeah, that could be it.
0: Uh, they they make a big deal about how many cults there are springing up. I mean, that, you can the prophet's dilemma uh speech that's going on at the conference. Yeah. Uh has a lot of significance to it as far as the greater world here.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that the gauntlet that she had to run was a great real life example of, you know, showing sure. and not telling that like, look, look, you can see them. <laughs> you can see all the things are going. Uh uh-huh. um man, so let's talk about the whole sequence that led up to her meeting Holy Wayne. Okay. She's in the bar, and the bar is letting her drink for free. Boom. How far do you think she could push that? Like, could she slap a bellboy? Could she take a shit in the water fountain? At what point they're like, you know, despite all that's (laughs) happened, we still want to renege. Look, we fucked up, but whoo. Yeah. Oh, we can't allow this. You're pushing it, lady. (laughs) You're pushing it. I I don't know. I don't know
0: the point at which... I mean, shitting on the bar... (laughs) for sure that's no, a health conf- violation there's
1: yeah right th- you got to get her out of there at that point mm. if she threw another bottle at the mirror but on the other hand a hotel throwing out a three-time legacy mom mm, who not works good for the psd nah, it's like you gotta weigh <laughs> how much how, how many pounds of shit is is that phone call to the new york times worth this uh fancy hotel sure yeah <laughs> i would say the answer is not zero pounds of shit no, depends no. on how much shit and where it's placed. Um, in a so, doggy bag outside the hotel's manager door. That's ex- that's that's political speech, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, no problem at all. We've seen
0: the gr do it already, so <laughs> they're down with that.
1: Yeah, the seals broke on on the, sh- the delivery of shit in doggy doggy bags. Yep. Uh, so she talks to Johansson. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I forget his first name. Scarlett. Scarlett
0: Johansson. Uh, and is kind of offended at the fact that he thinks he knows what's next and that right. he is a fraud because right. he's not actually sad. Yeah. Uh, we know of course at by the end of this, that he has had a magic fucking hug uh-huh. from Wayne. Uh, I, I, that certainly has to change her opinion of him by the end of it. Right.
1: Okay. That's a complicated question because you had a guy who wasn't a fraud met a person who took the pain away, then wrote a self-help book that is fraudulent and is now... I mean, this story he's telling... I mean, is he trying to help people? Because you'd think if he's trying sure. to help people, he'd be like, you gotta need to see this Holy Wayne guy. If he's, But he seems like he's trying to make it's a more buck. more of a cash-in, yeah. But he also has a tra- genuine tragedy in some of the stuff he's trying to say, like his eight-year-old... You know, it's it's kind of a little too slick in the blonde uh loved ones pusher kind of way. Mm-hmm. And you can almost feel the glad handing begin and, you know, the the fact that he's trying to push this book. I, I don't know how to answer that. Is he a fraud? Is he genuine? Is he somewhere in between?
0: Yeah, it's it's a re- it's a difficult question to answer. Uh he it feels like he just needs to set up a referral program with Wayne. Look, everybody who comes to you from
1: my book, uh give me a hundred bucks out of your thousand. Right. And we're good. I mean, that's a question I have with a lot of self-help books, and I've, I'm have i a fan of a lot, and I've read a lot, and I think some sure. of them have given me solid life advice, but you also read some where it's just like, oh, God, this is awful. Yeah. This person feel, it feels like they're selling emotional snake oil, so it's kind of mm-hmm. – I don't know. I don't know enough about the guy. It is kind of questionable that he doesn't mention the Holy Wayne connection.
0: Sure. That that lean, leads me to think that he might be a bit of a fraud. Yeah. But certainly, I mean, Nora calls him out for, you know, counting his parents in the four people that he lost. I
1: think she's guessing though. She's like, "What? Let me guess. Two, two of your, maybe your, she you is. lost yeah. your parents. How old were they? Seventy. Mm-hmm. They were about due to die anyway. Yeah. Her whole tirade, you could tell that she's. Just shy of being unhinged. Yeah. yeah. But that's not a valid thing to say. Certainly
0: not. I mean, they're still loved ones. Yeah, (laughs) your
1: parents, you did not expect to lose them. They disappeared with no cause. No, I mean, come on now. It might be different if,
0: like, both of his parents were, like, had cancer and were on their deathbeds anyway. And,
1: like... (laughs) Right. Maybe then, but... But she also did not know that she was right at this point. Like, it's possible that people could move on. And everyone's going to move on at a different rate, but... Mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting phenomenon well, for her, with victims, too. The fact that you yeah. can, just like the survivor's guilt, there's also this kind of victim outrage. Like, how dare you want to move mm-hmm. on with your life? Don't you, for haven't you forgot, you know?
0: No, that's absolutely what she's feeling there. And I, uh, her comments are perfectly valid from her perspective. Right? No, I... <laughs> I mean,
1: that's how she would react as feeling the way she's feeling. Yeah, no, they're valid. It's not the same as saying that I agree with her. But no, certainly because you have a different perspective. It's different yeah. it's certainly realistic that a person in her position would react that way, and we've seen it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the more that I watch the show, the more it just seems like a direct critique slash commentary on how America's dealt with nine eleven. Mm, okay. The book was absolutely that, from what everything I've read from author interviews, and and now this is mm. feels a, maybe a little dated because we're just in a different place. Like it'd be if you wrote a book. A decade after the book of this, like, would it be it'll still be the same? Would the world be worse or better or what?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, after he had his magic fucking hug, he obviously did know what's next, right? He gets over it and he goes on with his life. He writes a book and cashes in.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think everyone could do that. But at what point, when you're meeting Holy Wayne, do you nope out of this transaction?
0: Immediately, you, when the, when the crazy you don't browned... climb fifteen sets no, of stairs. No, I climb maybe one. And I'm like, I'm done. This yeah. is too much. How far up are we going? No,
1: no. But I got proof. I got proof of this guy being a fraud. All right, trudge up there. uh You're met with this uh twenty something California Valley guy uh-huh. who says, "Hey." you give us a thousand dollars i'm already out i'm out there too here's a laptop you know nothing about please Uh input your secure credentials okay i'm out again and now your life is stolen (laughs) Uh, i'm out when he shows me the broken windows surrounding the shitty curtain with the black i'm I'm out i gotta do is walk through here and find out what happened to i mean yeah come on man i wouldn't do this for someone trying to get me to see a bigfoot frozen in a block of ice yeah, no it's way. It's somewhat amazing that she went that anyone goes through that process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know what would ever convince me to do that. Um I mean I'd have to be like dying of some horrible disease and someone says they have the cure and it's my last resort. <laughs> like I've tried everything else.
1: Is that this person? Is she a Maybe that's it. Yeah, and she's at the end of her emotional rope, and it's either this or join the guilty remnant, <laughs> or join Matt's study group, who's probably killing guilty remnant people. I mean, I feel like that's yeah one of the thesis of the show is that for some people, and not for everybody, but we're we're concentrating on the ones that seem to be a little bit on the sweet the not sweet the bitter side of the fragile scale. Uh huh. Because there's some people, I think it'd be interesting to find out the story that people just don't give a fuck. Or saw the that ra- yeah. the, the um, uh, saw the departure as a good thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Uh, but we're concerned on people that just are having no ability to cope with this whatsoever.
0: It's the more dramatic way to go, certainly.
1: I think there's at least, there's room for it to tell one person's story. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that would look like, like a throw mama from the train, like mama's boy that's been <laughs> with this domineering, abusive. Shrewish mother, and he's thirty-five years old, and she mm-hmm. gets departed, and now he gets to be this he, legacy guy, and yeah. Well, that, that's are...
0: actually that's Marcus' backstory. We just didn't know it. <laughs>
1: well, we have a uh, guest appearance by Danny DeVito. No, oh, God, we'll, we'll they're they're ready to tell that story for sure. Because uh, John Candy got disappeared a while ago back. Can't can't get yeah. him, Can't mm-hmm. can't get him to.
0: Anything else we want to talk about? Uh. She did whole... that, that scene where she uh she breaks down, and gets the magic fucking hug. Uh pretty moving. I was
1: gonna say pretty I moving. found that super affecting. Uh
0: I yeah. Yeah. I don't not as affecting as the scene with Kevin uh telling Jill about the divorce last episode, honestly.
1: I was a little bit more anyway. moved. Hmm. And I put to you the question is there something mystical about Holy Wayne's hugs? Or is he just employing a very effective therapeutic technique? Because he does seem, mm-hmm. regardless of what he feel, he does seem to be able to read a person. Absolutely. He does a cold reading here. He's like, you lost someone. You
0: lost someone's or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's doing a cold reading. He's looking at her. He's, he's throwing out information and he's deducing based on
1: her reaction uh, to, to a certain degree. Yeah, when you put it that way, it doesn't seem very mysterious at all. It is a cold reading <laughs> that then he has kind of a boilerplate that people in this situation... And you got to think that... He's seen a lot of these people. Yeah, the type of person who would walk up 16 flights of stairs, give <laughs> the surfer dude her credit card, uh-huh. log into his laptop, and walk through a black felt curtain is a certain type of person. You, yeah. by necessity... Uh, and through sheer mechanics weeded out the assholes like you and I and probably the majority of people listening to this podcast would be like, no fucking way. Those people want to believe. So there there there. could be a script Mm -hmm. that you can boil down that would work for everyone in this. Like, you feel guilty, you don't want to move on, let me take your pain from him. Yeah. But the way they focused on his face towards the end of it, I felt like that... This was cost- – I mean, there was something that was going on with him too. Desperately holding in a fart.
0: Uh, <laughs> don't want to ruin the moment. Uh, yeah. Well, he could say, that's
1: that's the pain escaping on my body. <laughs> oh, God. Smell how foul it is. oh.
0: It's like Cartman t- telling a Chili Boy to take That's his- a whole
1: family's worth of pain leaving my body. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so Love. it's left
0: ambiguous, right? It's supposed to be. Yeah. No. I think I I lean more towards the he's just really good at deducing what is bothering people and at getting to the heart of the issue and kind of letting them release that emotion, Uh, not not pull it out of them via some mystical power, just let them understand it and get over it.
1: Yeah, I That's
0: where I lean, so I don't know.
1: I just love that moment where he she asked him like, in between sobs, will I forget them? And he says never and then she goes in for a hug. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I I I I kinda want a, a Holy Wayne hug. Oh yeah? I might be willing to join a cult to get one. <laughs> Wait.
0: Wait, you just got out of a cult not
1: too long and, ago. And and I don't even feel that bad about anything in my life. I mean, but, but this Oh, oh okay. So just imagine if you're of just kinda yeah. like you know, normal person down and he gives you that hug. You must feel like, yeah, like you're on,
0: eat. God damn it. I got a, a kind of mediocre burrito from Chipotle.
1: <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, I, I need asked for hug. black beans. They gave me Pinto. <laughs> I feel like I'm, i feel like a fucking million dollars. <laughs> um, and it only
0: cost you a thousand.
1: So some, some wrap up here. Matt calls. He's been apparently calling Nora mm-hmm. a lot and he really really is sorry. He's apologizing. He wants to reconnect with her. Uh mentions that he's got he's got a lot of clarity. Uh is this significant in light of the guilty remnant action last week? Is this evidence mm. for uh or <laughs> just purely ambiguous evidence about his involvement or lack thereof?
0: I didn't take it to mean anything regarding that, but I suppose you could. Okay. I mean, how how did you view it? I just thought it was a fairly innocuous phone call from her brother who was trying to get back into the family here. and well, apologize for what he'd done.
1: No, I'm in full on sifting the, the, the pebbles for the flake of gold mode. Sure. So, no, I was Love trying... It. And that's the problem, is that these things could be taken... You could take it as, oh... This guy is feeling this way because he's got, he's now, the, the church was a boat anchor, and now he's able to do a lot more, and he's able to focus on <laughs> the people he's got, this Bible study group, and, you know, concentrate on saving these guilty remnant, rather. Or you could take it that, no, he now knows what he must do. He must destroy the guilty remnant. Yeah. Uh, cleanse the earth of the, you know, they and can he's either, building an army. They can either come back to life or they can, they can die for real. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I don't. I don't really see that as a problem with this series. I think that's the one of the best parts
1: about it. Uh, Kevin shows up and looks like they're going to be romantically involved. He looks like a stereotypical cop. He does. He's got well, fucking he's aviators. The best looking cop I've ever seen. Well, of
0: course, yeah. But he's wearing the aviators. He's he's decked out too. This is not like some just half-assed uniform. He's in full stars and everything, man. Mm. Well, you know, he's got it all a good
1: impression. No, he's yeah. not in full dress. I mean he was in full no, dress. No, not the, quite, yeah. At the at the Heroes Day Parade. Uh no, I I wonder because what seemed to attract them about each other was this kind of shared pain they had. Yeah, yeah. And he they says were, I'm a mess. They're the two sides of a different of a of a different coin. Um and I think something appealed to her about him and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Now that she's been wholly hugged. I, I wonder what their relationship is going to look like. Or if they'll even have one. It'll be you know, sure. go out to dinner and then that's
0: it. He warns her in this episode that he's a mess. Sure. That's gotta be significant to future interactions between them. Uh either he's they're gonna turn out uh they're gonna find out that they're completely incompatible now at this point. Uh or she could potentially introduce him to Wayne. I don't know that she knows
1: yeah, I he wonder, would be after that. I wonder if that's going to be the point where, because he's like, all oh, this fuck all this cult business, and she's going to yeah. give him some evidence that, no, no, it actually can work. And that somehow sure. that'll tie his son back into this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I wonder, like, is Wayne connected to the Guilty Remnant in any way? What will I don't j- know
1: that there's anything clear there. How will this affect his relationship with Jill if yeah. he does start dating? Because that's kind of been a little thaw in that. Yeah, especially considering, you know, his
0: wife wasn't departed. His wife just left for the guilty rent. Well, they are officially divorced now. They, this, yeah, certainly. Uh, but I'm sure Jill still feels a little bitter about what happened with her parents.
1: Certainly. And that's when – And anytime you're resuming a relationship after a divorce, that's the first thing you got to think about is how are the kids going to be affected. Yeah. I mean, you got to live your life, but you got to also do what you got to do to protect them from – Mm-hmm. uh as much as you can from sudden swings or
0: yeah no crazy i think behavior. Nora's change of heart makes that relationship significantly more interesting
1: sure okay uh and can you imagine if she comes in preaching uh you know sunshine cuz the other thing is like <laughs> Jill knows about the gun oh yeah yeah she does and i i feel like that there's going to and she's going to be all sunshine and kitten rainbows and there's going to be some she knows about the kids' CDs
0: there. in her car and the stale Skittles as well, which so that she's holding some kind of...
1: And Jill's the kind of idiot that would blurt out the fact that, oh yeah, we yeah, broke yeah. in your car and we're super creepy and cruel in the way teenagers can be, and right in front of a family dinner maybe, or... Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably going to go interesting <laughs> places. <laughs> I hope so. Shall we get to some feedback? Yeah, let's do it. But first, we'll pay some bills. Hey, if you like what we're doing here at BaldMove.com, please consider helping us out in one of the variety uh, of the following ways. Uh, One, go to Subbable.com slash BaldMove and uh, check out our pitch there and see how you can exchange your money for uh, us continuing our efforts and also some BaldMove memorabilia and custom content opportunities. We actually just recorded a custom podcast uh, for a man named Michael who had us watch Waking Life, the 2001 Richard... Link Ladder film. It's a beast. It's a beast. We've talked 55 minutes of dreams and significance of them and what we thought of the movie. Uh, Check that out. See how you can get your favorite thing, the bald move treatment. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is what it is. (laughs)
0: Magic fucking hugs.
1: <laughs> Magic fucking podcast. Uh you can also uh go to Amazon.baldmove.com. It's just like going to Amazon.com, except for if you use Amazon.baldmove.com. You inject a little bit of love with every one of your transactions. Cost you nothing. Except for a thousand dollars per podcast. It costs you nothing, <laughs> and it just sends us what and you know, some people like they're always emailing. Me. It's like, you know, how much you know, is this really worth it? How much do you get? We get like well over a third of our operating capital from people using that link yeah yeah. it's no joke when enough people use it and also it's not about the size of the ticket Mm -hmm. um it's like you know it's like oh you know buy this or that it's also just the toothpaste and deodorant stuff because we're rewarded by amazon for two the raw dollar figure but the percentage of how much we get is based on the number of items we refer Mm -hmm. So, the little onesie twosie stuff helps just as much as the people saying, you know, buying laptops and camcorders and all that kind of stuff. So, just a little FYI, it's a great way to to help support us. And finally, if you can't do all that, totally understand. But if you could tell a friend or family or give us an iTunes rating review, that really is how we don't advertise uh, you people and your ratings and reviews and your talking to people as what grows our network. So, I'm
0: constantly shocked by how many reviews we get from you guys it's it's incredible
1: i'm and blown it pays away pays off we, go to the new and noteworthy or what's hot on itunes and we fucking in the tv and film own we we have a lot of real estate in that area and it's all because of your guys' subscriptions ratings reviews yeah, absolutely so go there and feel proud it's it definitely makes a difference and uh helps us keep in the podcast business thank you for everyone that does what they can do
0: we're uh, also selling body doubles if anybody's interested. Uh, they're they're
1: pretty expensive though, and they are anatomically accurate. So prepare to be disappointed. They're basically <laughs> they're basically just blow up dolls with wigs. Um, Marga D said this is. We got a couple of quick hits from the previous podcast or the previous episode. Margaret D. says, I swear if they shoot another dog, I'm going to have to quit this show. (laughs) Interesting that this is in an episode where a woman gets pelted in the face with stones until she dies. Yeah. And this is a unique react. The Girls in Hoodies podcast was going on and on about the fact that the violence against dogs. Who
0: gives a fuck? I don't care.
1: A woman was stoned to death (laughs) in the most brutal fashion. I'm just saying
0: people Uh, love their fucking dogs and cats. The opening scene last week was fucking disturbing. I don't care about your stupid dog.
1: Oh, strong, (laughs) strong words from the non-pet-owning Jim Jones. Send the email to him, please not me. I love dogs and cats. I also don't own any GR, so... (laughs) Because, okay, here's my really off-the-wall theory. What if it ends up that the taken weren't actually taken but turned into animals? This might explain the strange behavior of dogs, deers, birds, etc. There you go. If that's true, killing the dogs is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Killing dogs is not wrong on the face of it. Until they're reincarnated people. If they're reincarnated, transmogrified human souls, (laughs) you shouldn't kill them. Agreed. So speaketh Jim Jones. Tom G says, I'm not buying anyone in the GR throwing those rocks. The rock throwers were young, alpha male types. I've not (laughs) seen such a person in the GR even amongst the background bodies. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I don't know that we were able to see all the bodies sufficient to know who they were, what they were. Yeah, we've seen very limited members of the GR. And alpha male types are the ones that are precisely would not keep their fucking mouth shut during a stoning either. I mean, these fuckers mm. are silent. True. That's the really eerie thing. He also says the silent nod was followed by a scene where Gladys and team uh, was painting things white and doing general GR a-hole stuff. Sorry I'm not reading anything to nod other than good luck on your a-hole mission. Huh. I okay. profoundly disagree. It's not just the nod. It's the staring mm. and the weighty momentum. Yeah,
0: yeah. There, there's weight to that scene. It's not yes. like, nod, I'm off. Yeah, but like, have fun the way out papers. the door, she nods at Patty. No, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Dis- disagree with her old pal Tom G here. Does she do that every week? Like when she's about to go on a mission, they she a sits down in Patty's down. office. They stare at each other for a good 30, 40 seconds, and then she nods.
1: I'm off seems like a waste of time, you can't tell it, but I'm nodding at Jim Jones right now. <laughs> further, the stop at the gas station convenience store spurred the moment at the request of the no name g r chick not Gladys again not reading anything to Gladys stepping out into the light that might be true that's, that's kind of true yeah, she but it also could be the only place between here and there, and if she hadn't mentioned... i mean like i'm i know I know I'm introducing a lot of evidence that's not in actual evidence
0: yes, yes you are,
1: but it 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 could be just as true that i don't know that was a regular stop off before walking home i mean how many convenience stores are on the way home between the town center and the cul-de-sac i don't know so the answer there is i don't know um but yeah or maybe yeah i don't i i again i could make up a bunch of shit but i'm not going to you got me there tom yep. you got me there i i i i, I tap out <laughs> Michael VC said, I think I'm conditioned as a Lindelof fan to look for subtle clues slash comments in his dialogue and writing. Yep. In the dry cleaner scene where Kevin and Nora, Nora says they'll turn up when you stop looking for them regarding his shirts. We're not being told to expect answers or we're being told not to expect answers to departure in a sense to stop looking for them. Will we be surprised in the finale with the answer or a departed person showing up once we're not looking for it? Who knows, but I do think we'll get more answers than we're expecting, especially if we get to a Season 2. Oh, the treadmill <laughs> has already started. I had an image come to mind of Kevin getting ready for work, buttoning up his white shirt only to pan and see his whole outfit as white as he joins the GR. Would be a cool Season uh, 1 cliffhanger. That's kind of a cool no, shot idea. I like that. Definitely a cool shot idea. Uh, what about the rest of the stuff? So
0: you'll you'll find them when you stop looking for them. Nora, I assume, has stopped looking for her family. Hmm. Or are the departed coming back next episode?
1: Well, you know, and (laughs) I'll throw some food, uh, some feed on the fire, some fuel in the fire. Okay. The judge specifically said, you do, you are aware that if the departed returns, this will still be legally binding. Oh, shit. So that's two references in a in a row. Of, you could possibly see that as a warning of, especially if you think that she's trying to find her family
0: by shooting, getting shot in the chest.
1: It's also very Jobesque that if you ah, if yeah if you yeah. survive this trial, your family is restored to you. Oh man, they're coming back next week. I can't wait. I can't uh, wait. Which would be especially cruel for Matt because he wouldn't get his 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 her, his wife was collateral damage. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, I could see. I mean, ouch. I don't. Here's the, I mean, my only thing to caution you, Michael VC, and everybody else that's engaging this kind of speculation is don't confuse what you think would be cool or what you think is going to be awesome with what Damon Lindelof has in mind. Because I think that's <laughs> where you really get fucked when you build yeah, yeah, this canon in mythology. your head uh-huh. that that you spend a lot of time investing into, and then you're disappointed when when you actually get with the story that they're wanting to tell. Because you've yeah, yeah. Um and I see that happen a lot. Sure, but part of the fun that I had
0: with Lost was the speculation—a a big chunk of it.
1: Yeah, I just think I don't know Even how. Even when you I do was it. wrong, I don't know how you do it responsibly or like keep a if you can keep a certain clinical detachment to it. Uh, yeah, I think you have to when you're speculating.
0: Just say, "Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if they did this?" Uh Well, they're probably not going
1: to do that. Okay, Mona B said, "I'm late." but what about this theory? What if Patty planned to have Gladys killed, but she didn't tell Gladys? What if she told Gladys the plan was to kill the other girl? I find it a little hard to think someone would agree mm. to be stoned to death. This is obviously something fishy on the GR's end about how it all went down. What do you think of that? That's interesting. Gladys was a patsy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I had the theory that, you know, she wanted Gladys out of the way for some reason as either punishment or some bigger plan. Uh, I, I could see that. Going down the way it was, the way it went down.
1: One question is, I don't know that we'll ever know the details of that. I don't think we'll ever have a flashback to the memo pad conversation, so... Yeah,
0: well, there's clearly something bigger coming with the GR. Maybe we'll know once that is revealed. I
1: I think it's a reasonable expectation to get a definitive answer on who killed, at least what faction killed Gladys. Yeah. But the detail of whether it was a... Uh, a sacrificial moment, or whether it's an inadvertent sacrifice or whether she thought she was killing someone instead of being killed, I don't know that we'll ever get the answer for that. But okay, we'll see uh Kevin H said, if you want to make everything you do twice as sad, just hum the piano music from the show. I just had the most <laughs> depressing put the sheets on the bed of my life. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And if you want to make everything uh, a little more 90s, just
0: sing that Hey Now hey song. Now,
1: hey now. Uh, Joe N. said, I'm having trouble reconciling what this show is trying to do overall. At first, I thought it was because I was overlaying my own expectations on it like I did a true detective.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Um, but I think this show is somehow masterfully creating a frustratingly nihilistic pacing to the plot, which is agonizing for me to watch, but fits perfectly with what they're trying to accomplish. What I mean is this. Someone or everyone seems to agree the character-centric episodes are where the show shines, but everything else seems to have the slow burn moving towards some undefined point. Mm -hmm. But everything that's been getting set up so far hasn't paid off because that's how life works most of the time. Shit happens, and that's the end of it. Doesn't mean nothing. Matt loses his (laughs) church to the local cult. In any other show, this would be the central plot point, and we'd visit for weeks from a variety of angles with all kinds of dramatic made-for-TV conflicts. But in the real world, people lose their homes and businesses every day, and that's the end of it. Maybe I'm thinking too hard, but the rhythmic tension of the show is starting to drive me crazy, and not in a bad way. Yeah, no, I'm with him. It's it's a little frustrating,
0: but I think I'm hoping it will pay off in the end. I don't think television is particularly known for not paying things off. Just saying oh, fuck it, that's reality. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if they'll go that route, um, but I I think. You're right. It's a little frustrating watching it. And maybe this will be a better season to
1: binge watch when it's over. Well, what if nothing comes of Matt losing his church or the thing that comes up it is at the he, end of the world? Yeah. He, starts a, he starts a Bible study group and sure. finds contentment in that, reconciles with his sister, and that's his story.
0: That, that could I be feel fine. like there's a
1: lot of people that will be fucking pissed. Huh. But I don't know. And I might even be one of them. But I don't know that's a valid reaction to have because it is kind of cool. To every once in a while just have a, a, a an incredible thing happen to somebody. Yeah. But that's not a catalyst and then being a hero or a villain. It's just one of the weird <laughs> things that like, you it's know It's just life. You find out at people at cocktail parties who are like, no fucking way, you know? Yeah, and it kind of depends on what you think about the significance of all
0: the signs that Matt sees, right? Is that is that a miracle? Are there some forces behind it that are guiding him or is it just pure coincidence and that's life?
1: All good questions, Jim Jones. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael VC does a little bit of double dipping and says, I thought this was really cool that we saw the older man with the long white beard three times. The first time he was talking to the bald man that brings people to Wayne. Then we see him crying in an elevator and last we see him walking down the street happy and polite. Oh, didn't even notice that. Yeah, the third time it was him when he kind of Gave the, tilt of the tip of the cap to Nora as she was walking past him to do her uh, whore's bath in the Kinko bathroom. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, he clearly got a Wayne hug, too, and I like how subtly that was presented. Also, do you guys make anything of the voicemail Matt leaves Nora at the end of the episode? He says, I've made some changes in my life. I see things more clearly now. I wonder what he means here. We actually talked about that for uh, free. Before we move on from uh, the bearded guy and the bald guy. All right.
0: It, there's a lot of profiteering going on here, right? At this conference, I mean, Marcus is there to sell shit. Everyone uh, is there to
1: sell shit or be sold to. That's why you. Well, show up to kind con- of. I mean, the, the,
0: the I don't know what the profit the profits dilemma guy is doing uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Uh, Nora's clearly there for the government, not to sell anything. She's
1: just there to keep abreast on the the uh, the situation. If I had to guess, I'd say the profits guy is trying to sell some sort of consulting service to government agencies, or could be.
0: certainly could be uh but you also see you know the ball guy there is just their recruit for wayne's thousand dollar hugs sure so a lot of people are just like that lends a little more credence to the idea that wayne is just cashing in on this uh desire to feel better desire to
1: move on He's surely cashing in, but to what end? That's like saying the grateful or the the guilty remnant are cashing in by making off everyone's life savings and physical possessions. Yes, but sure. I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think, Holy Wayne, and yeah, interesting, yeah. he mentioned yet again that I've seen my own death and it's coming for me soon.
0: I, He's what I'm got saying some is, some kind of apocalyptic
1: people... thing going.
0: Yeah, I I agree. There's probably more to his motivations, but to show it in relation to all these other people who are also trying to sell things. Um, it seems like that cast him in a more suspicious light hmm. as far as his motives. Yeah. Uh, or he's just trying you know, he just lost I, his compound. You, and unless you take Marcus
1: seriously with his, I just want to help people. They deserve this. No, I feel like that's, I feel like both things can be true. And as far as these yeah. conferences, okay. everyone that goes is either a whore or a John or yeah. sometimes both. But yeah, that's, that's why you go to these things. Um, Let's see. Oh, he said, also found as interesting, Michael VC, uh, that Holy Wayne was able to read uh, Nora pretty quickly. But back in episode two, he tried to hug it out with Tom. Tom wouldn't let him, and Wayne said something like, you're the one motherfucker I can't figure out. <laughs> that is pretty interesting. Uh-huh. That maybe Wayne's hug only works in so much that he can accurately diagnose the source of your pain. Which could say that it's all just a psychological trick. Exactly. Yeah. It's more evidence for that. Uh, Barry C. said, Amazing episode, it gets better all the time. Carrie Coon has fast become the best character and best it's actor Mary. in the show. That is Nora. Previous winner was Mr. Eccleston. Uh, were it not for the fact that they arranged a date, I actually would have bet against her hooking up with Kevin. I think she was attracted to something, someone who had an affair like her husband as a way of keeping the pain, as was alluded to by Wayne, but now she's in a better place mentally. Mm-hmm. I would have figured she just didn't need to fuck Kevin. That said, it's HBO. <laughs> I'd be fine right now if we never got a definitive spiritual <laughs> answer as to what happened. Was it God or aliens? But I find it much more interesting to see how society adapts in this situation with no answers available to them. That's very good because when Damon Lindelof says you ain't going to get that answer, yeah, yeah. you ought to pick up and <laughs> perk ears up and take notice.
0: Yeah, as far as like not needing to fuck Kevin, I, don't, I certainly don't think she needs to now, but she might be happy enough to where she wants to. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, before, I don't think she would have.
1: I'm on the uh, it's okay for humans to have sex for pleasure camp. Yeah, yeah. I'm for And you only have that. half an episode left for the over-under. Well, so. see, there's a debate. Oh, no. Like, the whole reason you have a 2.5 is <laughs> to avoid a push because you can't score fractional okay. points in, like, football or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. what does 2.5 episodes mean? Like, I was getting an article, guys. Like, oh, it looks like the, the over-one. I'm like, wait a second. If they have, have sex an any time during this next episode, I'm going to say that that's episode 2.5. Hmm. It's yeah. It's not I, a whole episode.
0: To me, if it happens before, if it happens in the first half of the episode, hmm. that's under on 2.5. Okay. First, All like, right. 20, 20 to 30 minutes.
1: I actually, what I was thinking is episode three, the whole would just be, if it happened three episodes, it would be a push. You'd have to win to get four. So you'd pay on one and two. It would be a push on three okay. and then pay for the over on four. Well, that, I don't know. I'm not a very Vegas bookie. At least, you're going
0: to push here. So.
1: <laughs> uh, Oscar A said, is it just me or did you get a green mile feel when Holy Wayne was hugging the pain away? <laughs> yes. We talked about that a little Farts bit, Farts aside, we? <laughs> I actually did think he had some sort of existential pain look about him when he was taking on her pain. A little bit, yeah. Which maybe evidence that there's something transference to, going on. Just
0: to keep it ambiguous, I think.
1: Uh, it seems like these last few episodes have been dealing with the in-depth look at the different lifestyles that the the parted created. GR, governmental, classic holy, and now holy wayne. I love Nora's story as much as the general mystery behind Gladys' death. Which specific aspects of the world would you guys want to see fleshed out in a future episode?
0: Hmm. Interesting. I liked what they did in this episode with fleshing out the DSD. Ah... Uh.
1: I, that's I a do. Tough I, I would like to see the happy-go-lucky, yeah, departed yeah. survivor, the one that's like this has actually been a huge relief. Maybe it's the wife of an abusive husband. Maybe it's the son of a domineering mother. Um, you know, or maybe it's like that because that's kind of somewhat aspirational. Maybe it's something really vain and petty, like the older brother that was more successful than you. Uh-huh. He gets departed now. <laughs> Fargo. Yeah, now now the, all this uh, you know that that you get extra love bomb because you're the child and you're a survivor and they're like just purely selfish. You're glad they were gone. That brother wasn't an asshole. He didn't do anything to you. You're just jealous. That that would be interesting for me for them to explore.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that'd be cool. Uh, I'm I, I'm kind of curious like how they fill the gap in population. I mean. I I know our unemployment rate is higher than that, but you got to assume a lot of those people were skilled uh, and trained to do a very specific thing. Mm. How do
1: they fill in those gaps? The controversial government program to poke holes in one out of every hundred condoms and one out of every hundred hundred birth control packs sugar pills.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I like what they did with kind of the collateral damage with uh, Matt's wife, so seeing... A little bit more of that would be interesting. Mm. Uh, how, how people were affected in different ways when people just happened, disappeared. Uh, uh, I I don't know. Like a, a roller coaster operator
1: disappears <laughs> and the roller coaster oh, yeah, keeps right?
0: going for like an hour.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Oof. That'd be dark. <laughs> I'd get into uh, the happening territory pretty quick. Uh, Emma says Hello from your friendly neighborhood sex worker. You remember Emma? Oh, she sure. wrote us a couple Mad times Man. from Mad Men. Might have been. Game of Thrones correspondent for one of those seasons because there's a lot of uh-huh. a lot of hooking going on in Game of Thrones. Sure, uh, this scene this week where Nora hires a prostitute really caught my attention. Most of the sex work- sex workers I know who do prostitution aren't street workers and advertise either online or in the back of papers. They generally don't abuse illegal substance. This includes me. We generally have a decent, steady flow of income. I don't take jobs where I'm offered a large amount of money because a saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, is always spot on. There's always drama or a catch. So offering me $3,000 to shoot you might sound like a good deal, but you could potentially kill your client. Sex workers who engage in illegal work try to keep themselves off the grid. You You can pay us to kick you in the nuts or call you names, but we won't do anything that could get us in trouble. And it's not like Angel was even wearing gloves. I feel like it would be easier to find a street worker who is more likely to get less money for their services and who is also more likely to spend a lot of her income on drugs and is therefore more likely to be desperate to do something dangerous. I'm okay. sure there are people who would take the money, no doubt. It's a tempting offer. I just want to share your, my perspective. One thing thanks. – first of all, thanks, Emma. It's always nice to hear from you. It makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, yeah. Secondly, I got the impression that she didn't call and be like, I got $2,000, show up for anything.
0: Yeah, she just called up and said, I need a hook.
1: Yeah, I need someone in, that, that doesn't have any scruples about what she'll do to me. And then sure. she did the three. But that makes a lot of sense. Like, $3,000 is not enough to materially change your life. It's a nice score, no. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, you know, roughly probably, I'm thinking a week's worth of pay for a high-end sex worker. I, I have no concept of what they make. I do not either. Um probably all over the map but it's still a nice score but it's like yeah are you going to do something that potentially could kill someone and it's very illegal Mm. uh in a cops really give a shit like bodies and more than just prostitution um just for three thousand dollars yeah no that's that's a
0: valid question i i don't think i would do that Mm.
1: but i i don't know I don't know. Well, there you go, Damon. Next time you should have her pick up just some Hooker Off Skank Alley. Yeah. uh. .com Meth Meth Alley and uh, <laughs> No, that's actually a real street. It wouldn't be a website cuz then she'd be a... sure, higher class than What kind of prostitute would you get from dot com? Because they're not on they're not street technically. <laughs> yeah. But this isn't some Madame Well stuff either. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, Dave from Michigan said, I'm incredibly impressed each time they give this woman a chance to shine. Talking about Ms. Coon. Yeah. Carrie Coon, who also sounds like she could be a superhero because they love that Peter Parker, uh-huh. Bruce Banner, alliteration stuffs. Scott Summers.
0: <laughs> also, I've seen a superhero named the Coon.
1: Just <laughs> on South in, Park, in
0: a little yeah, sure, a more unfortunate
1: way. Sure, and, and and honestly, it's not as offensive as it sounds.
0: <laughs> Surprisingly, it yeah. could
1: be a lot worse on South Park. I'm incredibly impressed each time they give this woman the chance to shine. I decide to look at what else she's done. She has hardly done anything before this. She's done one-off guest starring spots on a few shows. Since 2011, but this was her first regular gig. According to Wikipedia, she started in a theater in Wisconsin, and then she moved to a bigger stage in Chicago, and then the Steppenwolf Theater Company, which also produced many big stars like Gary Sinise, John Malkovich, Joan Allen, John hmm. Mahoney. All right, we're starting to get into people I don't yep. know, yep. so let's move on. <laughs> uh, Lori them, Metcalf, I, I do JMs, know her. Though a lot of JMs coming out of there. There you go. Uh, just and getting no, no. I'm just going to move on. Just as a note, she has another major part coming up soon in the mystery movie *Gone Girl*, which I've not read, but I know a lot of people that have. Hmm. She will play play Ben Affleck's twin sister. Hmm. Um. So, okay, I can and then he goes. It gives a pl- kind of sum- summary of the plot, which I'm going to skip if people don't want to hear. But Carrie Coon's going to be in it, and Ben Affleck, and it's a popular novel adaptation. So, if you're the fan for that type of stuff, I think you already know. And now you should be super excited because this this girl's got some chops. Yep. I feel like we're going to see her in a lot of places. I think so. Because she is... It's a breakout role for her, I think. She's Jodie Foster 2.0, and that woman did quite a lot of good work in and around Hollywood. We're going to get Neil deGrasse Tyson
0: to write a book (laughs) for Contact 2, which is then made into the movie that she stars in.
1: Right. I mean, he's just going (laughs) to remix all of Sagan's greatest hits. Sure. Definitely. Uh, Pale Bluish (laughs) dots. A lantern in a <laughs> in a in a d- in a, d- in a devil infested <laughs> planet. <laughs> Lisa R said, "Hey guys, I've got a th- theory I'd like for you to swish around and spit out. Oh this boy. is a based on Christian belief base, which I need your help on since I haven't picked up a Bible since that one summer when I was ten and forced to go to Baptist Vacation Bible <laughs> School. Neither have I. What if it was the Rapture, but in two parts? God taking his own, Satan taking his own. I imagine." This is parenthetically because this mm. is not from Lisa's. I imagine it's like uh, them picking up a baseball team or basketball team. Oh, yeah, yeah. God yeah, gets first him, pick. Yeah, God, of course, gets first uh, pick. Obviously. Then, it's, then then they do you know rotisserie style. Uh, this would explain why the so-called good and bad were taken, those leftover in a purgatory of sorts to see which side they fall out on. Mm. I believe that's something that I – It's kind of touches on – I feel like that's maybe what Matt believes.
0: really so the bad people that were taken the, the clearly bad people yeah were the devil's picks
1: yeah i feel like that and i and i think i've even hinted at it in other podcasts i think that's kind of what matt believes that and and us sorting the two and how we deal with this information is going to be the answer for the rest of us who are stuck in this purgatory which you i think had the whole oh shit it's lost again sure, kind of yeah, reaction. yeah
0: yeah i, I don't know it could be interesting
1: Lisa says she has two problems with her theory. The glaring obviously obvious one is that it's pretty close to the lost ending. <laughs> yes. Second is children. Depending on your faith and ideals, I believe that children have some kind of hell exemption to a certain age. It's never mentioned how many babies were taken, though we see in a firsthand account that one, that at least one was. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts and expanding is on that this true? a bit. Do children get exemption
0: from hell? I thought we were all born into sin and— well,
1: yeah, I do believe that If you
0: can't repent for your sins, then right, you're going to hell.
1: Right. Well, the witnesses had this peculiarly fucked up belief sure. where it's basically you get by or get punished based on the merits or lack thereof of your parents. That if your parents were a faithful Christian slash witness that you know, up until you got to the age of accountability, which who the fuck knows what that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh you could kinda skate by um, on their reputation. Huh. Yeah, that's not what Christianity is, well, as a whole. I believe Roman Catholics believe that if babies die before they're, they're baptized, they go to at least purgatory or limbo yeah, 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 yeah. or something like that. I don't know if they're hardcore about the special just going baby to hell. hell. They <laughs> spooky Catholic more spooky Roman Catholic hell <laughs> yeah. Is where they go. Um I'm yeah, not... I honestly
0: don't know the doctrine on that for, no. for most christian based religions. i have a huge
1: blind spot because one fun fact about witnesses they don't believe in hell yeah the worst yeah, you can get is eternal death still nope. pretty bad in the grand scheme of eternal life but i was goes. eternally
0: dead before i was yeah, alive so yeah. who gives a
1: shit really come on god you gotta be better <laughs> than that yeah, that doesn't scare me. Want me to scrape there, and gravel? Yeah, we need some hellfire. That's the reason we got out. <laughs> There's nothing keeping us in. We're yeah. not gonna poke. They're gonna poke us with a roasting fork. Yeah, and bubbling pitch. Psh, nothing. It's a, it's a day to the fucking spa. Uh, so I'm. I don't know. Uh, you are very resistant to there anything supernatural happening on this show that you believe. I think in your heart of hearts. Um, that there is a scientific rational explanation. No, 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 no. I, I think I'm being. Did you catch one of the here? things that the woman that was raving uh, when she's getting taken away uh, in, in, in posturing Nora Durst is that she was oh. saying about the Israeli research into plasma weapons that can disintegrate Target people,
0: humans from outer space, and yeah, I did. She's a fucking lunatic. Okay. Uh, I don't don't mistake my reluctance to call this supernatural for a belief that it's not supernatural okay i I don't think we have any evidence whatsoever to say what it is that's fair natural or supernatural that's fair but people who automatically leap to jesus i i don't i don't know that you can make that connection something happened and we've okay. talked about this before. I don't want to rehash it
1: too Well, no, much, I, don't, I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast. That's the problem. Oh, maybe we, we have We had a yeah. very lengthy debate about this, but unfortunately yeah. the mics weren't on. All right, well, that's that's a little bit more nuanced than I was getting from you six weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I, I think sometimes I misspeak to the point where you could take my thoughts for being firmly on the side of this is a
1: natural event, but I, I don't see any way to determine that. No, I guess I sh- what I should say is like I'd be equally satisfied if this turns out some science fiction explanation versus it's God versus I'm hoping we get no explanation. I hope that they stand yeah. firm and they never address the disappearance. They only address things happening after. And I actually would secretly think it'd be cool if it was all the only paranormal or or supernatural thing because I I'm I feel comfortable calling this supernatural just with the actual derived meaning of that term it's something that we do not understand that can happen as a nat- natural process sure that doesn't mean god did it yeah but yeah. for the present it's supernatural i'd be fine if that's the only supernatural thing happened holy wane, all the other stuff is just our reaction to something like that happening
0: okay when you define supernatural as something that we don't understand can happen in nature.
1: We have no existing process that can explain this in nature.
0: Yeah, there's a difference between saying that and saying that this is not something that can happen in nature.
1: Right. I mean, I would so, I would feel comfortable describing the pre Big Bang universe as supernatural. Right. Sure, we don't understand it yet. So there you go. May never understand it. Who knows? If you'd like to send us feedback and enlighten us, (laughs) uh, do so at leftovers at baldmove.com or join our weekly show and podcast threads on facebook.com slash baldmove. You can also tweet your thoughts at Jim Jones at baldmove and also stay up to date with all of our releases. That's all I got, man. Can't wait for next episode. Yeah, I'm super excited. I have a feeling it's going to be more uh,
0: plot-based, less character Uh, We're going to get a little bit more info like we did in 4 and 1 and 2. I hope that's the case, because there are a lot of questions out there that I have about the GR, and I'd like to know more. But until then, I'm Jim.
1: I'm Aaron. Bye.